intentions of my heart be acceptable and pleasing unto you, God. This we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It was one of those spring nights, you know, the kind where the summer shows up unexpectedly like an early guest to a party when you're not quite ready for them. It was one of those nights, and my friend Warren and I were on our way back to Chapel Hill, North Carolina after a day spent at the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which is an 11-hour round trip, well, roughly, which is to say that it was too much trip crammed into one 24-hour period when you have to work the next day, which I did. But we were making the trip anyway, mainly because my friend Warren, he needed it. You see, a couple of days prior, he and his wife of about six months, they split up. And seeing as how I was one of his best friends, but Holly and I were living and working in North Carolina and he couldn't, and we couldn't make it back down to Mississippi, he decided to take off work, make the trip up to North Carolina, and then asked me to make yet another drive with him to the Smokies, as friends do, because, and I quote, he needed to look at a mountain and get his mind off of things. I guess Iuka, Mississippi's 800-foot Woodall Mountain just didn't cut it. <laughs> I have to confess, though, that initially I did not want to make the trip. But I'm glad I did. Because that night, all emotionally raw and overly caffeinated, I talked to another human being in ways that I hadn't done since I was a kid. When was the last time that you stayed up late into the hours of the night talking with someone? Was it at a childhood sleepover or at sleepaway camp? Maybe it was in a college dorm room or on the beach while you were on a youth trip a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Whenever and wherever it was, I suspect that most of us have had moments like this at some point, right? Moments where we stayed up into the late hours of the night and something almost indescribable happened with another person. Moments where confessions were made and secrets shared. Moments where something that you wouldn't otherwise speak about, it became the sole focus of conversation. Moments that were real and true, in which you felt like you were seeing another human being fully for the first time, or maybe you were being seen fully for the first time. Have you had moments like that? Well, if you have, perhaps that will help you understand our gospel lesson this morning. You see, here in the 14th chapter of John, Jesus and the disciples are pulling a good old-fashioned all-nighter. And they're doing that, you see, because something big is about to happen. It's the big goodbye, the big send-off, the exit stage, right? You could call it any number of things, I guess. The experts, they call it the farewell discourse. But, but to me, it's almost like one of those long-form radio shows that you could listen to in the late hours of night when you were driving once upon a time. You know, something like John Tesh or Delilah. 
where the host, in this case, Jesus, takes short questions and then gives really long answers, like four whole chapters long, 114 verses long, and that is a lot of answering. And yet what happens in the midst of this all-night conversation is really incredible. Because not only does Jesus give the disciples a closer look at who he is, but he he reveals some secrets too, which is a prerequisite for any good all-nighter, right? Specifically, it's in these verses that Jesus shares with the disciples for the first time that something called the Advocate will be coming after him. Just what precisely the Advocate is, though, who knows? (laughs) If you've ever read that Walt Whitman poem in school, Leaves of Grass, where he says he contains multitudes, maybe it's like that. The advocate contains multitudes, hard to define. It's probably why it gets translated in so many different ways, depending on which version of the Bible you're reading. There's the advocate in the NRSV, yes, but there's also the paraclete, the comforter, the companion, respectively. The truth is that the advocate is all of these things and more. It's probably best summed up as the pneuma, or Holy Spirit, spirit of truth, John calls it in verse 17. It's this revelatory force that always seems to be showing up at night in the dark. As as cliche as it sounds, it's kind of like this literal light bulb going off in the darkness of the hearts and minds of the people in John's gospel to show them something new, something life-changing. This is what happens earlier, actually, in John's gospel in chapter 3. Because here, the light bulb that goes off, it happens when this Jewish teacher named Nicodemus comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness for an all-nighter with the rabbi. And it's in the middle of his night schooling that Nicodemus is introduced to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus tells him that he must be born again by water and the Spirit if he is to see the kingdom of heaven. That's confusing, though, right? So I'll I'll say it the way the Reverend Judith Jones, who is the vicar at St. Luke's by the Sea in walled port Oregon, and she says this. She says, unless Nicodemus allows God to change his whole way of being in the world, he will not be able to perceive God at work, which is good news, though it might not sound like it, because that, that kind of statement, it does mean that it's possible. It's possible for us to have these life-altering darkness to light encounters with the Holy Spirit, where we're changed for good. But it's really not that simple, right? Because just like Nicodemus, this expert, well-known, experienced teacher of Israel, just like him, I wonder if the older we get, And the more entrenched in our wills, ways, and systems of the world we get, 
I wonder if it's harder then to catch glimpses of the Spirit. It's not that we can't do it. It's just that the older we get, the more time marches on. Or are we less likely to find or put ourselves in positions and places where the Spirit is present? By way of a case in point, let me ask you one more time. When was the last time you stayed up into all hours of the night talking with someone? If you're like me, those things happened when you were young, when you were a kid, when you were less guarded, less inhibited, more open to people, ideas, experiences. And in my opinion, the whole up all night talking to another metaphor, it's a good way to think about how willing we are to put ourselves into the path of the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself, are you really less guarded, more uninhibited, and more open as an adult? I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm more fearful and worried than I've ever been. In fact, there's this endless loop of anxieties that goes through my head regularly. Will we have enough money to get by? What if there's an emergency? What about my girl's future? Will the world be safe for them? Will there be opportunities for them? Will there be anything left for them? If I am completely honest, these things keep me fearful, shut down, and closed off from others and from the Spirit. But the Spirit is always inviting me, us, into unexpected ways of thinking, seeing, and, and being in the world. But to be open and vulnerable, that's terrifying. It's risky. Because what if it all falls apart? That could happen. It's an option. But also, what if it doesn't? What if, as people of hope, we allow ourselves to be put in positions where we're really seen by another person and we really see them? What if we're in places where we step out in faith and the Spirit could do things that wouldn't happen otherwise? You see, the young people that I work with here at St. John's, they remind me of this on a regular basis. Young people, you know, they are perhaps, though there are exceptions to be sure, young people are just so less likely to be bound by the conventions of maturity, responsibility, adulthood, fear, than me as an adult. After all, why else would they do things like drive too fast or without enough gas? <laughs> say inappropriate things that adults often think but are too frightened to say? <laughs> why would they try out such outrageous clothes? <laughs> Hang out with all the wrong people and more. Of course, that's not to say that all of these things are right and good. Do you hear me, EYC? Not all of these things are right and or good. But there's something to be said for the openness 
that accompanies youth, you know? Thanks be to God for that. And thanks be to God for the fact that there are young people at St. John's who are open to this thing we call faith. May we, all of us, come alongside them and learn from them lessons of the Spirit. Amen.